Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Salby Sima Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Dude Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Bogan Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. Welcome to the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema era podcast, where we talk about the entire run of Sal Buscema, Jerry Conway, Jam DiMatteis, and the uh, beginning of the run was Peter David, uh, here on the Dorkening Network. And uh, new format going forward with an introduction. Also, we're going to get right into who our villain of the week is, because we didn't really get into uh, too much of who he was last week. Uh, not to be confused with the guy who's currently running around with the Suicide Squad over at the uh, DC Comics people. This is Boomerang, who happens to be... Uh, I, I guess you could call him a major character right now in the current one of The Amazing Spider-Man, as he is Peter Parker's roommate. But uh, he was a character created in Tales to Astonish number 81 uh, by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the greats of comic books. And he was kind of a Hulk villain for a little while, and then went on to become like an Iron Man villain, a Spider-Man villain. He's a street-level villain. He's kind of a loser. Sometimes the writers forget that he's Australian. Sometimes the writers forget that he can fly. But uh, yeah, Boomerang is the villain for these last two issues of Spectacular Spider-Man. This is issue number 144 with uh, Jerry Conway, Sal Basima on scripted art, Rick Parker on letters, Bob Sharon on colors, and Jim Salkrupp on editor, and Tom DeFalco as editor-in-chief. Peter wakes up a revelation that Bumi is in league with the rich guy from Peter's book tour, and he puts two and two together and goes after Boomerang, but gets captured. Meanwhile, back in New York, the police at Ben Rich and cover a message for the Kingpin the, um, that the wolves are coming for him. Second interlude, Mem J is on her way to work in a hurry and crashes into her unsuspected uh, cousin Christy, that was a staple of the comic books for quite some time. Spider-Man is chained up to a boat and can't escape, but he does and stops Boomerang and Baxter, capturing them both. 
and ruining Baxter's plans for fortune and glory. Oh, okay. I, I, I was just like, there was a pause, and I was just like, oh, that's a nice cover. <laughs> Uh, that, that, yeah, that, so yeah. let's go right to the cover. Yep. Um, everyone into BDSM, this is the cover for you. Spider-Man chained up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. It's funny because the last show we were talking about mature themes <laughs> and 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 things, and then I see this, and I'm just like, oh boy, man! If the black cat found him now, let me tell you, oh boy. Now. I am pretty Indeed. sure the black cat at this time in Spider-Man's history, because it actually. Uh, occurs in two different uh, stories. One in Amazing and one in Spectacular. It happens in Amazing but the uh, the fallout is in Spectacular where Peter is like good god Felicia's back in my life. Um, but she is running around in Europe right now and then she comes looking for Spider-Man and finds Venom and he beats her up and breaks her nose and then leaves her with like well his wife couldn't, didn't tell me where she is uh, where he is I guess you couldn't either and Lisa, uh, Felicia is left in a crying pool of her blood with a broken nose as she whimpers wife because <laughs> uh, she left uh, for Europe for adventures and stuff with the foreigner and she's expecting Spider-Man to be waiting for her when she comes back and finds out that um, no uh, Spider-Man is married to Mary Jane and she is not happy <laughs> One thing I that... like that first I like that first picture when you open up and he's like Doh! <laughs> he says it's like this doe moment he totally realizes like he, he totally got snookered uh, by Boomerang and uh, the guy that uh, owned the boat. Well, that, that's what... what type of underwear Peter is wearing too. By the way, it says Bud on the underwear tag. Oh. Budweiser created. Is a, it Bud or is it BVD? Bed. Why is BVD an underwear an underwear? Uh, line i think it was in yeah. the 80s oh okay yeah <laughs> well if you if you were reading if if currently right now tom mcfarland is drawing spectacular spider-man and more than once peter is changing into spider-man's costume wearing felix the cat boxers <laughs> well felix the cat's in right now right Felix the Cat was oh, yeah. kind of making a comeback in the 80s. Yeah, Tom McFarlane was a huge fan of him. In fact, that's why he drew Spider-Man's freaking eyes on his mask so goddamn big. <laughs> so, so Everybody forgets about Courageous Cat. Poor Courageous Cat. Except you, uh, except, except you Rich. Let's move on. He, he, uh, except Heathcliff. The uh, name of the yacht. I was just going to say Heathcliff was my jam. <laughs> the, uh, does anyone notice the name of the yacht club? Uh, San Lieber. Yes, as in a, uh, as in, hey. uh, yeah, that's Stan Lee's real name. Not Sam, but St- Stan is yep. Stanley. St- Stan excuse Stan, me. Uh, Stanley Lieber, his real name. If you picked up nonstop Spider-Man number one, which just came out, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. It was a hell of a lot of fun. There's an ultimate cover of unused artwork by Stan Lee's brother. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, is that, that's Larry Lieber? Yeah, yeah. It's a piece of unused artwork that uh, that has finally been published. It's published as an alternate cover to Nonstop Spider-Man Number One, where Spider-Man is basically dealing with uh, some villains and a drug that's kind of like the one um, that um, Jason Statement took, and he had to like run around the movie and continue increasing his heartbeat. Oh, crank. Yes. So Spider-Man's dealing with like a new designer drug on the street called Crank, and there's a bunch of new supervillains as well. And the artwork's drawn by uh, Carlos uh, Bachelot, uh, best known for like Generation X and uh, 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 Death, the High Cost of Living. Yeah, I, I gave that issue a try. the uh, The artwork was amazing. It was uh, the story was, uh-huh. it was, was amazing. <laughs> it, it, 
it was a little it, it was a little add for me though <laughs> it, it, it was a little bit um so spider-man gets taken out by boomerang which again is hilarious the boomerang's like must kill spider-man and currently right now he's like hey peter do you have your half can i can you cover me on the rent because i'm like a broke superman <laughs> this is hilarious again if you're reading current issues of amazing because they're roommates <laughs> I, 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 Chris, I just live for these 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 two minute summaries of yours, where it's just you know the most random you know thing that you say. I feel like, and then you're like, <gasps> just you know, do it as quick as you can, and then take a breath. Well, because he has all this knowledge so, in his head that is just you know it, it, you got to get out, and it's just it, it's a lot. What turn? Tell me. Page, you... All right, getting back on topic. <laughs> Turning the page. Oh, wait, I just want. Uh, Wait, wait. I want to point out one thing. This man here we're talking about, before he turns the page, literally is so overwhelmed with knowledge. Did you notice that sometimes he 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 stutters because it's just trying to get out of him at the same time and that just the thoughts collide? Oh, he loves the self-analysis. Oh, yeah. He loves it. Indeed. He's a, he's a smart man. Continue, Chris. <laughs> Next week will be a, li- a, a little bit Go slower. Kelly, Kelly will be taking up uh, half the work with me to cover the uh, massive amount of inferno that I have to begin covering. So awesome. Yeah. Kelly, uh, Kelly's been asking me what she needs to cut. Co- Kelly's been asking me what she needs to cover and like what she, what I want her to do. And I'm like, she's going to take the plot synopsis for one issue and I'll be taking the plot synopsis for another issue. And then we'll be breaking down the character profiles for Hobgoblin and uh, Jason Philip McIndale and uh, Harry Osborne, who does become the green goblin in the next episode we do. Perfect. Um, but back to these villains, we have the Wolves, the Lobo Brothers, who were introduced previously. The Punisher tried to kill. That plot line is coming up soon. Crosses over with Web, so we might have to do one issue of Web when that happens because it's a Web spectacular kind of crossover event. Uh, and Christy is MJ's cousin, who we've never seen before and introduced in this issue. And when she finally disappears, thank God we never see her again. <laughs> but it's not for quite some time, and she sticks around in the comic book for a few years. Um, the woman in the pink dress, this is Robbie's lawyer, by the way. Uh, this is the woman who's going to try to defend him and fail miserably in the upcoming 150th issue. Uh, spoiler ahead. Um, so we'll get back to that. This is the continuing plot line of the, uh, Tombstone story arc, which comes back to us. Yeah, definitely. You know, the way they drew her, it looks like she definitely has an attitude towards Robbie. She, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's also funny. There are three interludes at the middle of this storyline yeah. with uh, Boomerang, which is just basically a giant fight issue. And then Spider-Man trying to break out of his, uh, you know, restraints by, uh, by Boomerang. Um, I can't imagine the way Boomerang's costume set up. It's very easy to fly like that. Yeah. It looks he, very cumbersome. He looks like a, ma- he looks like a male version of Butterfree from Pokemon. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Now, the guy on the dock with the cameraman, there's, so there's two cameramen in the dock, and the one in the pink and white shirt, doesn't that look like former President Donald Trump? It does. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, that, I, I that know. was the hair back then. That was, that was the hair. <laughs> uh, Leo, are you confirming that that hairstyle was huge? I just I just want to be sure. It was it was, it was, it was huge. huge. It was huge. 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 <laughs> I do love the fact that uh, Spider-Man's like, I wish I, I wish I was home right now. He just does not want to be on this book tour anymore. <laughs> now look at the trouble it's gotten him into. He should have gone home to his smoking hot supermodel actress wife, but no, he has to save this complete douchebag of the one percenter club who Boomerang's in league with. 
because he has to, because he's Spider-Man. And if he found out this guy died, he would just be like moping and crying about it in his wife's arms. Those are good arms to be in. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man breaking out of his chains, kind of a cool image. I mean, the yellow flashing out from him is, uh, you know, quite interesting. And it's just basically like Spider-Man trying to beat Boomerang at his own game. And then Boomerang just having a lot of self-doubt, worried about what the last time him and Spider-Man tussled, which was a story that I'm not too familiar with. I think it had something to do with the Sinister Syndicate, which was the B-level Spider-Man characters that I talked about previously. Yeah, I'm I, you know, one thing I'd like to point out that I find is a little ridiculous. You have you have Spider-Man who is like super strong, you know, all this stuff. And he's just beat by a simple set of chains. Like, is this like one of those, like how when Superman died, he no. came back, but he was a little less strong? Like, no. is Sp- Spider-Man here? Okay, okay. okay way, show me down. He's like, no. No, no. The way, Bo- if, you, if, you, if you go back and look at the panels, the way Boomerang had Spider-Man uh, chained up, if, if Spider-Man broke free, it would snap his neck. Boomerang figured out Spider-Man's strength and used it against him. Yeah, he was saying it would choke him. Uh, yeah. Either choke him or, or hurt him. Um, and the, uh, the yacht guy, I totally forgot his name, but just Baxter, Baxter, the, the evil evilness, uh, you know, and the, so I'm just going to read this real, uh, real quick. Uh, Crippen called me a cheat, uh, cheating, uh, to use your wit and, uh, shall be the way I use mine. Uh, rules of fair play are for men who haven't the will to claim every possible advantage. And what better advantage could there be in a sailboat race? Hidden turbojets. Woohoo! <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my god. He's a naughty boy. He is. So Spider-Man <laughs> Not captures both Baxter. Go ahead, Chris. Spider-Man captures both Baxter and Boomerang, and that's pretty much how it ends. And he's got a very corny, you know, 80s He-Man G.I. Joe style line. Most people run that kind of race every day, Baxter, but guys like you, Boomerang. Never ever cross the starting line. <laughs> G.I. Joe. Well, and it was also his fault, too, because if he didn't use the turbo jets, he wouldn't have ran into the boat because they were saying the boat was incoming, but at the speed they're currently going, they would miss each other. So it was only because of his own greed he was able to, uh, to lose himself. Next issue. Have you been following the mutant titles recently? If so, then you know some weird things are starting to happen in Manhattan. How does Spider-Man, the Hobgoblin, and Harry Osborn fit in all this? It all begins here. Next issue. It runs through all three Spider-Man titles over the next three months. Don't miss out on any of them. Inferno begins. And in this issue, we have a little ad for Inferno, which covers a canny X-Men 240 to 242, New Mutants 71 to 73, and X-Factor number 36 and 38. They leave out, for whatever reason, Uncanny X-Men 239, which is where Inferno really begins. Um, with uh, Madeline Pryor trying to seduce Havoc. Because um, she's like, well, your brother left me, so I guess I'll have you. And then uh, the one of the villains of Inferno, uh, Sim, says, good morning, I'm Sim. I know that Inferno wasn't supposed to start until September, but I'm not a nice guy. That's why I jumped the gun and started the mayhem a little early. Have a blast, bring marshmallows. And it has all the defeated remains of the uh, X-Men around them. Um... I'm not entirely sure why, of all the X-Men or X-Factor characters, Jean Grey is wearing just a towel. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Cyclops, Wolverine, Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, um, Cannonball, Rogue are all in costumes. But for whatever reason, Jean is not. I, I don't get it. There is, by the way, a fantastic uh, uh, piece of artwork that I've got to find that... Um, 
somebody did for me. There was an X-Men Inferno uh, what if that we'll get into uh, when we get into it, but I'll, I'll discuss more about it uh, when we get there. Sounds but good. That's it for Spectacular Spider-Man. The ads in the issue are pretty much like they have been the several last several times we've been covering any of the ads. There's a cool one for uh, Nickelodeon's Double Dare, and uh, uh, most of the Marvel titles at this time were basically starting Inferno. So it was Inferno everywhere. Double Dare was so good. Watched that with my son. Chris, can you confirm? Was it a disco Inferno? I just wanted to be sure. No, this was 1989, so that was long thought. That was finally fucking dead. (laughs) Disco never dies, though. (laughs) Thank you, Eddie Izzard and Mystery Men. But if you are tuning into the Spectacular Spider-Man podcast, we will be covering all most of the Spectacular, sorry, most of the Spider-Man Inferno crossover issues, uh, starting with um, Spectacular Spider-Man 146 and Web of Spider-Man 46. Seven, I believe, which involved the Hobgoblin and Harry Osborn. And then Woo. the following week will be Amazing Spider-Man number 312, where we get to see for the first time ever the Green Goblin versus the Hobgoblin. And yes, it is Harry Osborn versus Jason Philip McIndale, who was the Hobgoblin on the 90s animated series voiced by Mark Hamill. Awesome. Double woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where we will we will do a brief, really quick recap with Kelly. Uh, the uh, spectacular Spider-Girl cosplayer of the history of the Hobgoblin and why it's so goddamn confusing. You got to keep the mystery up, Chris, you know? Jason Philip McIndale, as of right now, is dead. He was turned into a pile of freaking dust by uh, the original Hobgoblin, uh, Roderick Kingsley, who he thought he had killed when he thought he was um, Ned Leeds. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, as in Ned Leeds, the uh, the uh, uh, best friend of Peter Parker in the current Spider-Man movie series. Plot twist, mayhaps? Huh? Even he has I'm... joked, there's no way in hell I'm fitting inside a Hobgoblin costume, guys. He <laughs> <laughs> lost a lot of weight. Yeah, no, yeah. he still hasn't. Have you seen the most recent preview for uh, the uh, upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home? But he made a joke a while back. He's like, I'm not yeah. going to be playing the Hobgoblin anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could find me over at the uh, Dorkney Network for Boobs, Blood, and Badasses. I do with Roe. We have a new episode coming out April 14th, um, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. And over on my other comic book podcast uh we have a new episode this well the time if you're if you listen to this live it's this week uh if you're listening to this recorded it was last week uh goth girl horror the hack slash podcast and you can pick up copies of lada a dracula tale which are finally being shipped to me from the printer after their covid problems awesome nice. and uh uh can people still uh order copies chris you can order, yes, yes. The Vlada is never out of print. It's just been a matter of like getting new copies to me so to ship to people. Otherwise, you got to wait until the new batch gets ordered. And we have a Tim Seeley cover coming, and we have our first not safe for work cover coming that will be black mm. bag with my logo on it, which is a lot of fun. So if uh, somebody wants to order a copy, Whoa. what's the uh, what's the easiest way for them to do so, Chris? Email me, chrisdsav at gmail.com, or you can order a copy on my Etsy or on the Facebook page, Vlada a Dracula Tale. Sounds good. And how much? Yeah, you know, he, he wants a copy to support you, Chris, yeah. you know, for research. <laughs> well, well, we're going to have Ken Hunt on the show, so uh, at some point coming up soon. So once all this Inferno crap is over. Well, I, I will make sure I order a copy to uh, love supporting you guys. So uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff. With that, we'll catch you guys later.